You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on lines the deep left field. It is gone. It went deep right. Batista's going to win the Start the fireworks show. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 147. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, for our first, well, our first meatballs of the season, we'll discuss the, the great starting pitchers the Indians have seen so far, we'll talk about some extra inning shenanigans, uh, Cesar Hernandez's theory of getting on base twice, Francisco Lindor's general lack of clutchiness through the first few games, and of course, we'll take your questions. Joining me for all that and more is none other Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I'm fantastic, Matthew. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. I have a bit of a stomach ache from eating too much pizza yesterday, but... <laughs> That's uh, that's beyond the the scope of this podcast. You can't heal me. <laughs> and normally, I would say there's no such thing as too much pizza. But considering I know what you ordered, it might have been too much pizza. Those of my those who follow me on Twitter know that I've been fascinated by the shakaroni pizza for going on a week now. <laughs> and, is it not? Is it not just a large pizza? That's the thing so I actually, get about it. It's an extra large pizza made with a large pizza's crust. Now, what this means is it's extra thin. It also has double pepperoni, and I think it's supposed to have double cheese or something, but it didn't, so I don't care. Anyway, it was fine. Uh, <laughs> That's just okay. a large pizza then with thin no, crust. No, no, it's just it's stretched out more. <laughs> it's it's a it's so it's the scope, it's the size of an extra large, but with the dough amount of a large. I don't know why. So then it's just an extra large pizza. Yeah, basically with thin crust. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. I like thin crust. And, and double pepperoni and Shaquille O'Neal on the box. So, I mean, <laughs> who's the winner what here? Me. <laughs> Let's be really. Anyway, it was, yeah. Uh, my, my wife needed to slice up uh, uh, after he had gotten cold. It got so greasy. She said, none of this for me at all. And she gave me the, the rest. I, I probably threw like a third of it out. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say it was good pizza. So, that was my weekend. Not much yeah, else yeah. happened. Yeah, not a whole lot of, you know, the whole baseball thing that started or anything. It was... Uh... Oh yeah, you got to watch a couple games. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Friday. Obviously, started the season. Really good game there. Saturday, less good. Sunday, also pretty good. Um, So I mean, we got our our first series of games to watch. A lot more coming up this week to play the White Sox. Um, But first, Merritt, of course, we've had games. So the first thing we have to do: meatball. Uh, these are meatballs. Well, for anybody. Why do we call it meatballs? I, I forgot what the entire Because these are uh, interesting tidbits that we're serving up over the plate, Merritt, and they're uh, meatballs. This was, right, okay. this was run through a boardroom of um, considerations and several revisions, and we landed on meatballs. Uh, but yeah, the meatballs, the section itself, for anybody who listens or, or doesn't listen for a while, is uh, we just find little tidbits just as a way to, to sort of talk about the games the past week. Find one thing to zero in on and get really specific about it and share it. Um, mine this week was, of course, James Karinczak, who pitched two innings in the loss on Saturday. He is an absolute maniac on the mound, <laughs> even more in a regular game, it seems. We saw a little bit of in the preseason. I mean, he was yelling at himself. He bit his glove, which has now been a gift, and that's great. <laughs> he's just so angry, and he had a really good game, too. It wasn't like he's, he was mad about anything, but um, he had two innings, no hits, two strikeouts, a walk, and he lost. <laughs> that's the, Welcome to Extra Innings Baseball in 2020. Um, as far as I could tell, as long as I use the play index right, it's the first time anybody has not given up a hit and still got a loss for the game, um, let alone pitch two innings and not gave up a hit and still got the loss. That seems almost impossible that it's never happened, though. I might be messing something up, but I tried to, to mess around I'm, with it, but it seems like... I'll be honest with you, Matt. I'm going to assume you are, so... Well, there you go. <laughs> I would, too. Uh, but yeah, either way, it's rare, and it's stupid, because it's the way that extra innings work now, because... 
Because the way it works is they they got they started with their runner on second, which they worked very hard to get, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then earned he was it. it over. That's not a hit when you bunt him over. There was a sack fly. That's not a hit. And then the inning was over pretty quickly. So I think we're going to see. We'll talk about more about extra innings in a little bit, but we'll see a lot more quick um, relievers because I mean, you get the two outs and you get the third out real quick. So I guess if their goal is to speed up the game, it works. But as for for James Karinchak and I'm sure a lot of other relievers, it's going to be pretty bad. And there's going to be a lot of glove biting. And for James, it was fun to actually watch him. Another thing about James Karinchak is, I don't know if it's just me, but watching like his curveball and the way he throws it is so weird. Like the amount of effort and trajectory does not match the way the ball looks for some reason. It's just no, the weird angle that he does it. I don't, <laughs> Maybe, I don't like know a... if that's part of what makes it so good, but it, it just doesn't look like it should go where it does when he throws it. No, he has that weird, like, o- way over the shoulder, almost like throwing it over his head kind of delivery. Yeah. It's just such yeah, a very like max effort. Yeah. But he just, it's, yeah, it looks like it just, I don't know. But it just bloops right in there. It just, yeah, it just goes, zorp. Like, it just, I don't know, yeah. Well, we can give it diff- different names and sounds and whatnot, but it basically just. I prefer zorp. Co- That's a good one. Yeah. Kind of just collapses into the into the strike zone. And uh, the way you could, I thought it was funny, too, because Rick Manning was like, and you know what, if he can start throwing it for strikes, you know what, he could have a pretty good role. And then he just immediately throws three straight strikes. And I'm like, oh, damn. Well, I guess, guess what, Rick? Maybe the guy who throws 91 miles an hour with a slider isn't the closer anymore pretty soon. <laughs> that was we'll opposed see. to when Brad Hand was in and they said um, he could live with a low velocity as long as he has a good control and then immediately hit a batter. So Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the opposite you know what? of what happened there. This is why we love Rick Manning and missed him so yeah. much was because he's prescient <laughs> in a way. Uh, so yeah, that's my only meatball. I just wanted to have one quick one. So, so what's yours, Merritt? Well, we were going to talk about the pitchers anyway, so I figured I'd just kind of uh, swoop those in. It was just kind of a funny thing that happened in the game on Saturday with Mike Clevenger pitching. Uh, he threw 11 change-ups in that game. Interesting. He had a very kind of just general uh, breakdown of pitches. Uh, I don't think he threw 50%. He threw a ton of slide. He was almost like 50-50 on slider versus fastball, like in terms of just those two pitches. And I thought that was pretty interesting because he's still got that good velocity, but like just not using it and instead using what has become a very, very good slider. Uh, yeah, 38 fastballs and 33 sliders. Anyway, I want to talk about his changeup, and he threw 11 of them. But up until the, what was it? Yes, the fourth inning, he'd thrown one. Uh, and uh, prior to that, he had made, uh, this is all going to be about Alex Gordon, too, because he's fun to talk about. He's everyone's favorite. Uh, he had popped out to third baseman Jose Ramirez in the first inning after a couple home runs. So this is the fourth inning. And again, he thrown one one uh, changeup. So everything he'd been throwing so far was sliders, 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 fastballs, fastballs, fastballs. In, in fact, open that inning, he had thrown three straight sliders to Salvador Perez. So then he commenced to go to Alex Gordon, changeup, curveball, 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 fastball, changeup, changeup. And I just Alex Gordon looked so goddamn confused in the box, <laughs> like he's like, what, the, what the hell? <laughs> like that that called strike that just kind of shot back over the. He kind of just um, used to be a front door. Uh, he kind of front doored him with the run on the changeup and just struck him right out there. And I thought that was just amazing. And he just totally got in Alex Gordon's head and it was fantastic. I, I thought that was my favorite probably sequence of that game. And then just kind of staying in that vein on Friday night. Let me see if I can find the exact right at bat. I think it was like a fourth inning at bat, maybe the sixth inning. I don't know, whatever. It was not bad against Al- at Alberto Mondesi, but uh, I, you'll probably remember this one too, Matt, but it was just uh he got him like 0-2, and he just started throwing. Uh, Bieber just started throwing curveballs, and he just kept on throwing curveballs, and he just took and took and took. So it was three two, and he's like, "Let's throw fucking another one." And he just threw another one, and he struck him out. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just, yeah. I always love that because it's like this is a guy in Bieber who lives in the zone, and 
outside of two pitches, that entire at bat was out of the zone to the point where he had four separate strikeouts alone. Um, where in the game day it said swinging strike and the parentheses blocked. Uh, he had more than those more swing strikes like that, also that weren't strikeouts, but uh, I don't know. I just enjoyed his use of not the strike zone at all, and then his Clevenger totally breaking Alex Gordon's brain temporarily there in the second game. Uh, they were fantastic, though, uh, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I was trying to look while you were talking about it, because didn't they have a new um, advanced scout for pitching or some kind of um, – it wasn't their pitching coach, because still Carl Willis, but somebody who was new to the pitching staff. I don't um, remember, to be honest with you. Oh, man. But I was going to say, like that's all that all comes down to to scouting and the game plan. I would think they're throwing that many curveballs, especially the fact that Bieber and Clevenger both did it. I think that's mm-hmm. cool that – I mean, it's clear whoever that I can't remember who it was. There was somebody they promoted or something, but um, I'm sure whoever it is, maybe it's Carl Willis. Who knows? But somebody's doing a really good job scouting and knowing just to destroy the Royals with curveballs and, like you said, <laughs> blow Alex Gordon's head or his mind with all these curveballs. So it's just neat to see it actually in action right there. But um, and we can use this as a nice little segue in actually talking about the. You didn't have because... to point it out. You you, you didn't have to. No, I we did. were just I did, doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We we can't be officially out of the meatball section, Merritt. That's a it's a it's a hallowed ground, so we have to make sure that we're in there. But uh, yeah, so that's so also three... that's my kind of meatball and a half of you. I mean, imagine like a meatball made of pork, uh, veal, and ground beef. That was what I was bringing with a little meatball and a half there. There you go. I really no, it's a large meatball it. stretched out into an extra large meatball. It's man. a it's yeah, it's an extra <laughs> expando meat. You might call that some sort of burger almost. <laughs> It's a shakaroni meatball. It's a shakaroni um, meatball. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Bevin, Bevinger, Bieber, Clevenger, and Crasco, they combined um, the three starters. 19 innings, 12 hits, four runs, 30 strikeouts. I think it was like a 1.89 ERA at accounts too. Um, that is an incredible run. Uh, Bieber obviously was the, the brunt of that with 14 strikeouts. He did really good. Clevenger had quite a few himself. Um, it's just, holy cow. I think we talked about before the season that they're going to live and die by how good their top three are, and they so far look really good. Um uh, obviously, I think since our last episode, Plesak has been announced as the fifth starter, so that's encouraging. And then, of course, Savali will be starting tomorrow against the White I'm Sox. So, so it's, I mean, every single day, there's just somebody fun to watch, even all the way down to Plesak. I'm excited to see what he does over a full game. And then Savali, obviously, if he's like a mini Kluber. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, if if it does rely on the, the pitchers carrying a team, they're in good shape, I would hope, let alone in the playoffs, like getting through a 60 game season while the batters are all ice cold and warming up and you have these three coming at you every every series at least one of them i would think yeah yeah they were, they were just talking about the the white Sox series coming up and it's going to be savali and Plezak, but then it's bieber, bieber again right like <laughs> yeah. it's so i just i they are so well positioned to i mean obviously have an ace level pitcher in every single series at least once uh if not twice i mean and you know a lot of times twice so their ability to just and again we will. Uh, the caveat being, it's the Royals. I'm. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm staring at the the Royals lineup. Whit Merrifield's a very good hitter. Alberto Montesi is a flawed but talented hitter. Jorge Soler can hit the ball. He that accidental home run on Saturday was absolutely insane. Yeah, which um, by the way shouldn't have happened because he clearly swung, and then they said it was a check swing. Oh, 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 sure. Just to no, note, I mean, Merritt. You're right. <laughs> I mean, you are you are the first person to point this out, man. That's interesting. Uh, but and then, I'm the only one, nobody else. I mean, I'm not gonna. And then Salvador Perez is good. I, I mean, he's not gonna ever put up amazing numbers. I've always been. I mean, you're right. His numbers last year were bad, Matt. (laughs) But no, I don't. He he just seems to kill the Indians, is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. He's 
He's timely. That's different than being good. There are several not good players that seem to kill the Indians. That, that's very, that's very fair. I don't know. I, I, just, I think he's pretty good. I mean, he'll, he's the kind of guy who can run into one by accident the whole time. He's never going to walk a lot as well. He's just gigantic. But even saying that, the, I mean, Carrasco was absolutely dominant today, and it was the second best pitching performance of the weekend. Shane Bieber was unhittable. He looked a little rocky to open it up, and then after that, it was just over. It was just over with. Like the game just. You could just kind of feel it slamming shut by the like what they scored those two runs what like the fourth inning or whatever, and you could just kind of feel it becoming impossible. Bieber also got some help from a, a very large strike zone. I think he even said it or somebody said like him or Clevenger mentioned that Bieber was getting some help there, um, but Carrasco didn't get that man. He was just dominant, just being dominant. In, oh, oh, strongly in the zone, and that's the thing. I, I was looking just looking at his pitching lineup too. He, like, again, his the, the pitch he threw more than anything else was his slider, and I think that's what we're going to see a lot of. Uh, this and this is something I was thinking about. Like, how is this year going to look different? There's, I, I always remember looking at uh, like Corey Kluber the last several years. He changed how he approached hitters uh, throughout the year, and it seemed like every time, like once he started folding the the slider into a to a higher degree, it just like his everything just started. Your A's were just started dropping. Strikeouts started amount like, piling up, and he won another Cy Young like, like every time he did that. But we're not gonna they're not gonna have the time to build any kind of thing like that to start the season. So they're just going to have to come out with their best guns blazing all the time. Maybe that's, maybe that's why we're seeing such a heavy mix of breaking balls and sliders. Cause they're not trying to start 30 games. They only need to start 10 games, 11 games, 12 games, whatever it is. And you know, the slider is a bit harder on the elbow and harder on the arm and chain. And you know, all those, all those pitches are harder on the arm than just a normal fastball. So maybe we're just going to see that all year. It's just twirling breaking balls. Uh, it'll be, it'll be something to, to keep an eye on, but even like, I think Bieber probably threw the most fastballs of anyone, but the fact of the matter is he can locate it on an absolute dime. And Oh, yeah, he got 14 called strikes on him. It was ridiculous. I mean, some of those obviously were a gift from the umpire, but some of them were also just Shane Bieber doing what Shane Bieber does. Oh, oh a combination of – a pitcher like Shane Bieber benefits so much from a, a, a catcher like Roberto Perez too, right? Like, uh, that was oh, for one sure, thing. Yeah. You know, because like, he can pound that corner over and over and over, and, like, it will become a strike over time because – I've always wondered if this isn't the thing that that um, umpires kind of just kind of get sucked into over the course of a game where like if you are throwing in a certain spot constantly, like it's almost like your intent to, like, compels them to consider it more of a strike because you're not like missing a spot. You're hitting your spot over and over and over. And so, well, I mean, so they'll be like, well, oh, fine. All right, I guess that is a strike. It's right there on the edge, but we'll allow it. And so, and so the, the and th- throughout the game, you know, the, the zone would then expand. But yeah, no, it was uh, really an incredible, I won't, I won't quite say it for the relief pitchers, but it was an incredible series of events for all of The them. starting pitchers were incredible and the relievers were there. <laughs> hey, I got they to see Nick Wickerin twice. I'm a big yeah. fan of Nick Wickerin and I think he's going to yes. be good. So. Yeah, I saw people that were upset that Karen Shack wasn't used and then also upset that Wickerin was used. Like I get one, but I don't get the other. Wickerin coming in is a good thing. He's a really good reliever. Yeah, he's I think he's a like, really underrated re- reliever. He's going to... Like he was one of the best relievers that the Indians had last year. Like he was, oh yeah. His, his, he, them picking him up really solidified the entire bullpen. Yeah, he doesn't throw ninety nine, but I think there's I mean, he's something easily the going most on reliable there. reliever this year. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the highest ceiling like Karen Jack, but he's easily the most reliable reliever right now. Just yeah, yeah. It's a, a very con- yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's the kind of guy who might have a, a bigger impact over a long season. But at the same time, I think his stuff is better than we think. I wrote about that when I was writing about. I guess when I was writing about Plezak last week. 
Um, I, I'd mentioned how like his break, the like, uh, baseball savant kind of profiles him to his similarity score to be close to that of, uh, of Justin Verlander. Even though Verlander has a higher spin rate, I wonder if it's a useful spin thing. You know what I mean? Like he's he doesn't when he gets you know whatever RPM, but because he's getting you know he's not getting gyroscopic spin, he's getting real spin. Maybe it's harder to hit than we can actually quantify based on raw high spin rate. All those you know all those stat cast numbers we look at there. Higher is always better, but you can throw a fucking cement mixer slider up there at 5,000 RPM. It's still going to go 5,000 feet the other direction. So, Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the other things that we saw this weekend was, of course, the, the dawn of the extra inning rule era, hopefully, which is just for this year. But um, we saw the Royals, which I, I apparently I didn't I didn't know the rule well enough. It's the last batter that came up is the runner at second. Um, and that's the way it was. The Royals were up. And on Saturday with uh, Karen check on the mound, they butted him over, hit him with a sack fly. That was it. That was over. <laughs> it was dumb. Um, I feel like even when it happens for the Indians, I'm going to feel the same way. It just doesn't feel good. I, I guess it shortened the game. I, if your goal is to just make the game quicker, why not just put the guy at third and have an out and just shorten it even more? That's ridiculous, um, man. It's so is putting a guy on second. <laughs> They're both stupid. And I think there's also the problem that it benefits the – I, I feel like it's unfairly weighted towards the away team because they need to get the one run and then, which is basically trivial as long as you can execute very simple things. And then the home team has to do that. Well, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's the same, but it's, it benefits the home. You're basically just giving the away team a run first, which doesn't seem fair that the home team has to respond or they're screwed instead of the away team has to earn it first. And then um, the home team has a chance, but especially like in the Indians case, they didn't bunt, which I thought was good because you're, you're down by one at that point. You need to score more than one to win, so it doesn't matter just to get the one. Uh, but then uh, it, it's also worth noting they didn't lose the game because of that rule. They lost because Francisco Lindor had a terrible game, and him and Jose Ramirez were up in the bottom of the 10th with a chance to win, and they both flubbed it horribly. But, um, yeah, so what are your thoughts, I, I guess, outside of the Indians totally butchering it, just a general idea of how the extra innings worked for the first time? So my first experience with the extra inning rule actually came on Friday night. I was... Um up until 2 a.m. for whatever reason. And I was watching the uh, A's playing the... I don't remember who the other team was. It was 2 a.m. they won for me. Uh, oh, uh, that's right, the uh, the Angels. And they won it on a grand slam. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so I thought that that was cool, meaning that I was more for it when it started happening to the Indians. And you know what? It did suck a little bit that they lost, but... I am still of the opinion that they should just do more wild shit this year um, than they can even, you know, just, they should start thinking new, new things up right now and just cramming them into the game. You know, like I'm, just new next rules trip. every week. <laughs> the, the baseball's no, yeah, completely changed every week. It's a new, uh, it's like seasons. And no, you just get a, get a wheel with 16 ideas on it and you spin it <laughs> once a week and the new one's <laughs> you, you subtract the old one, you add a new one. One of them and just says fire great. with no extra explanation. You just got to <laughs> yeah, exactly. learn when you get there. <laughs> I mean, you know what? There was that article in Baseball Prospectus a while back about what if there was a gigantic hole in the ground behind, <laughs> behind shortstop? And I thought that was very interesting. What if there was a giant <laughs> hole? <laughs> Go check out the old Baseball Prospectus article. They really delve into it for like a thousand words. Uh, it's it, it, Spoiler, it causes an impact. So, you know, things like that. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't mind it to be honest with you. I I, I understand that it's, it's a weird way to quote unquote speed up the game, uh, but I don't know. Whatever. 
I'd be fine if it was just this year, but if they're keeping it past it, it kind of right, exactly. I, I mean, if, yeah. if it creeps in next year, I, 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 I'm going to give it more than just experiencing it two times. One of them totally dope, the other one kind of a bummer. To, <laughs> to, to, I'm really well, was the Grand Slam here. made possible because of the rule, or just I mean, it would have just um, been a home run and they still would have won, right? Well, yeah, maybe, but then there's a chance that Matt Olson wouldn't have gotten up, right? Because it uh, by having the guy on second automatically, you're already moving the entire lineup up one, and so they were able to work it out. And maybe you're right. Maybe it would not have worked out, but maybe the pressure of having the guy on second already made the, the pitcher pitch out of the stretch, and so he walked a guy. I don't remember the, what else happened in the inning. Yeah. Um, I think I was talking about hot dogs or something with my little brother over <laughs> Zoom. Uh, but I ate a lot of hot dogs on Friday night too, so I had kind of hot dog brain. Uh, but uh, yeah, so maybe you're right. Maybe it just it would have just been a two run home run or a th- or whatever instead. But I'll tell you what happened was a grand yeah. slam, and those are cool. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> lots of lots of ifs and buts here. But the obviously having that guy on second, it, it changes everything for the pitcher because, like, like I said before, they have to pitch out of the stretch. Uh, now and a lot of relievers do that anyway, but I mean that's a big that's a lot of pressure on the back of your head. Uh, it is hard. I mean I know Mike Clevenger tweeted out after the game that it was kind of BS because of how hard it is to get a guy on second with no outs uh, to off the off what would be probably the stiffest part of your bullpen, right? Like if it hadn't been Karinchak out there, it would have been Hand or whoever, right? Because it's still I don't know how Tito is pitching. Throwing your, I, don't know, I guess I guess. Oh, I think if you get favorite. the extra innings, something failed somewhere. Like, yeah, I don't think you put your best guy in, right? Exactly. Head, and then uh, I think you put your best guy in on your head, and then if you're in the extras, he probably screwed up, and then somebody else might be in there. But, sure, but I, I, but if you're going either way, it's hard. Like, yeah, right. I mean, because it was tied at two from like the fourth inning on. Um, no, I don't. know. I didn't mind it. It's again, it sucked. It, it's it was the worst kind of way for it to all happen because they just. They just small balled their way to a single run, and the Indians just were so cl- like they had they had the biggest opportunity possible, and so I don't think that's baseball's fault because they had the chance, and then they just tanked it really bad. Yeah, so yeah. I would only say um, that. and I then also because uh, they blew it, I'm 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 less angry about it than maybe you are. <laughs> yeah, the rule was just dumb, but the Indians obviously lost that game themselves. They didn't lose because of the rule. Um, at Richard K. Bach on Twitter, it's one of our questions that I also wanted to. It fits so well in here. Now, he said, when a game is tied in the bottom of an extra inning, will the lead batter be intentionally walked to set up a double play um, if the leadoff hitter is really weak? I mean, why wouldn't you, I guess? Yeah, right? If the game's yeah. tied going into the bottom, you set up the double play, especially if you have, like, somebody's really bad at the plate who hits a lot of ground balls. That's a really good – that's a – No, I mean, that's, that, that's I think plan, that's yeah. exactly what might happen because – Because you only need one run anyway. It doesn't matter. It's the it's just like if it's the bottom of the ninth and the guy gets a double. Like uh, I mean, yeah, just even really like – Looking at you know, let's say the Indians lineup from yesterday. Let me just—I was just looking at it a minute ago. Oh, they lost that one through too. Yeah. So like, let's say, yeah, Fran, Carlos Santana starts at seconds. So of Fran Reyes is up. Um, do you pitch to Daniel Johnson or do you walk him? Right? Or yeah, I would actually say, did walk Daniel Johnson to get to Oscar Mercado at one point, which I thought was kind of a <laughs> disrespect to Mercado. <laughs> it worked, of course, but it was like getting the guy in his first career start gets walked to get to you. Poor Mercado. Man. Poor Mercado. I, I, I hope he does. I hope he does okay this year. I just <laughs> he fell off such a cliff last year, and I'm just worried about it. Yeah. About that always being a, a big fat flash in the pan. But we'll it was see. But, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it was a hoot, a real hoot. It was. <laughs> now, uh, someone who isn't, I, I, he's a flash in the pan right now, but I hope he's not forever. Is uh, Cesar Hernandez? The the framing for how we were going to talk about him was initially your. I think it was a really neat post about 
um, that you wrote on Friday because on the broadcast, and Rick Manning in one of his wonderful ways of telling a story <laughs> shot off into several different directions. And I think maybe Cesar <laughs> Hernandez said that if he gets on base twice, the Indians would win, but yes. honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm 90% sure <laughs> that was – I wrote an article about even, it, so I'm pretty sure, but yeah. Even if he didn't, Andre not – brought up the idea of making it into a stat just for fun. And then Rick Manning, of course, shot off in another direction from there. But um, he said if he gets on base twice, the Indians win, which, I mean, it's just a good thing, right? If he's a leadoff guy or wherever he hits, if you get a guy that's guaranteed to get on base twice, you'll win quite often. And then, of course, on Saturday, he got on base twice. The Indians promptly lost. <laughs> so that was right out the window. But you did look into it, and it's it's pretty much right down the line, right? That um, I mean, he helped. it's a little bit it's of a good. boost every time he gets on base. It's he was also on the Phillies who weren't good. Right, exactly. Well, that's I'm sure the there are other factors, but yeah. Well, well, yeah, he was adding, you know, I mean, the year that they had like a 409 win percentage, when he got on base twice, they won like like a 572 clip or something like that. So he, I mean, it adds, you know, it adds to it. I, I, in the same post, I mentioned that when Lindor got on base twice last year, the Indians were like, they had like a 712 winning percentage because he was their leadoff hitter last year. It's good to get your leadoff hitter on base. It's good to get anyone on base, obviously. Uh, that that whole Esky Magic thing from 2015 uh, with the Royals uh, that I mentioned, but I don't know. Yeah, it's because it, it doesn't really help when you get on base twice and the next two guys behind, well, the next two, three, four, five guys behind you, six, seven, eight, nine. Wait, one, two. The next eight guys behind you combined for a, com- a total of two hits for the entire <laughs> for the entire game. It's not gonna go great. Yeah. God damn, the Indians were four for 34 with four walks that game. <laughs> oh lord. Yeah, but uh, that was awful. Guess who got the hits? Uh, Cesar freaking Hernandez. He's really good so far. He's just I, very I he's fundamental as heck. He does everything right. He runs kind of weird, which I noticed. But um, other than that, he's really solid. He he runs like he's out of off balance. I don't know what that's about. But I will say that uh, again, a wonderful reference to our our uh, our hero Rick Manning in the bottom of the tenth. Now this guy can bunt. Immediately blows a bunt. <laughs> yeah, great. I don't know why he was bunting there. I, I don't think Tito called for it because after the game, Tito said that they were swinging. But well, he, um, I, I, he was probably going to try and bunt once and then just kind of go from there. Was probably the thought process. Out, so. but if only he had good. one more strike to work with, Merritt, that he didn't waste on a bunt. Maybe he would have uh, hit the ball. I don't know. Maybe maybe would have taken it because he was waiting to see what the new pitcher was doing. <laughs> Matt, what do you think yeah, of that? Yeah. Huh? Who knows? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is fun. I like that addition so far. We joked about the top 10 second baseman, but I mean, man, he's really good. It's weird because he, uh, you know, love you, Jason Kipnis, but Cesar Hernandez is so much better so far. Just the Jason impact defensively yeah. is there. You know, I so mean, he, he definitely has good range and he's incredible. For all his hustle and, and work to get better at it, Jason Kipnis was never the smoothest second baseman. It was always, <laughs> it was always very kind of herky jerky, I guess. And yeah. Hernandez has such a, a natural disposition to the position. Nice. And uh, I don't know. I just I, I really appreciate watching him play already. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. It's it's nice to have. It's nice to have a good defensive infield, um, really all the way around the diamond, and be able to have a guy who, if he can, you know, return to his ways of what, two years ago when he had an average like a three sixty on base percentage from two thousand what fifteen to eighteen or something like that. Yeah, no, he's been that. pretty good. He's been worth a couple wins every year. Um, oh no, yeah, he's he's a yeah. two to you know he's a two ish win player. player yeah. Um, it's not you know it's not terrible. It's uh, it's right where you want all your starters to kind of be at a very starting level. I mean, three was a night you know yeah. from there. Maybe if he, if he gets on a hot streak or two, he's an all star. So there you go. Now, Merritt, um, this is this this would be the perfect time I think to either um, do we just cut Francisco Lindor? Is that what the Indians the plan? Yeah, he's trash now. Get him out of here. We got to see. Nobody wants yeah, him. Yeah, they, they have, <laughs> have Yu Chang anyway. So who cares? There you go. 
<laughs> but uh, Lindor has been off to an awful start. It's he's going to rebound, of course. It's three games. I mean, that means a little bit more in a sixty-game season, but it's still only three games. Um, he's looked so bad. It's sliders low, especially I've killed him, especially mm-hmm. in the the Saturday game when they lost. It was I think it was um, like almost every slider out of the zone low he swung at and missed. It's, it was yeah. remarkable how bad it was. He seems to realize that he talked about it after the game. Um, I didn't happen to pay attention close enough on Sunday if he actually fixed that issue or not, but. Um, he did have a hit, and the, but he also got a really bad base running error uh, on Sunday. So I mean, he's just he doesn't look great. I, I think that's the case for a lot of batters. Probably that's just the normal thing of not being able, not in your normal routine, and not um, obviously because the world is on fire right now. Everything's kind of weird. So I, I'd give him a lot of leeway. He deserves every ounce of patience we have. But it's just a thing that note that he had a rough first series, even though he had a really good defensive play. But as far as being at the plate and apparently on the base, it's a rough start for Lindor and. Uh, they're just going to cut him. It's time to now's the time to resign him. His value is never going to be lower. I'm looking at his uh, his rolling uh, expected weighted on base percentage over the last however many games. It's been bad forever. <laughs> no, uh, wow, he was really good for uh, wow, a long time. Anyway, he's great, yeah. but no, he's like absolutely horrendous. And this was bound to happen to someone. Yeah, uh, I'm sad it's him. I'm I'm glad that Jose Ramirez is balancing that out by being immediately on fire. Yes, that's uh, good. I know I mentioned during the, uh, our last podcast, uh, d- during the Pirates a uh, couple of games, he was hitting the ball really hard just at everybody, and it's just something you kind of have to deal with. But he looks, uh, Lindor, I mean, looks out of sorts at the plate. He's kind of, he's been working counts okay, I think. Um, but then oh, he just first gets, couple games? He was swinging at everything early, wasn't he? I, don't I thought know. it was I, the opposite that I, he was. I, I kind of feel like he, he dug himself some nice spots, but then, oh, he set up some nice hitters counts, but then immediately ruined them by swinging at a, a slider that was just running right at his back foot. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I it's like you said. It's it's only two games. What three games? But three games is. I mean, if that happens, if this happens for another week, we're talking about basically a month's worth of baseball of him being shit, and that's not good. And he, if he yeah. turns it around, awesome. But it's just, do they? You know, it, it's it, it sucks to say they don't have time because what are you going to do otherwise? This is he had such a tremendous play defensively. Uh, in the in Saturday's game alone, he's such a rock defensively, and he's still good and still you know it's not like now the it's not like now pitchers can just you know throw garbage at him and just treat him like a pitcher um, at at the plate. But no, I, I um you wonder and you worry, but what are you going to do? I mean, Carlos Santana also doesn't look great, but he keeps on working walks, so that's fine. And Fernando Reyes still can't take a pitch uh, to save his life, but he hits the ball really hard. But so that's nice. But yeah, it's it's weird that Domingo Santana and Cesar Hernandez have been. At least Santana today, but Cesar Hernandez and Santana, like their additions have been really good. As the guys who are there, they were struggling. Besides Jose Ramirez, um, but it's been it's it's been neat to see their free agents come in and actually be good right away. <laughs> <It's been laughs> compared to like uh, Carlos Gonzalez and whoever the hell else they cycled in and out over the last. Oh, Hanley Ramirez, of course. Remember him? Remember oh, Hanley Ramirez? Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that's basically the equivalent of Domingo Santana. Right? Although Santana's a lot younger, but he's just a big power hitting guy who uh, was stuck in the outfield for some reason every single game so far. I don't get that. Um, I liked today's uh, outfield uh, because oh, it was gosh. hilarious. Poor Bradley. Because <laughs> it was Fred Reyes, <laughs> Bradley Zimmer, and, and Domingo Santana. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? I don't know. I don't even Especially because before that, wasn't it like Mercado, Zimmer, and Daniel Johnson? Like, that was a super fast outfield. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for Saturday night's game was the exact opposite outfield. Just... <laughs> Tito's just seeing what he can get away with by putting Bradley yeah, in the center. This, this would be a good one. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was, it was a thought process of, uh, you know, uh, when uh, Clevenger's on the man, he's like, oh, we'll just get another outing just like Bieber did last night so we can um, 
Uh, we could just, you know, make sure we don't we don't have to score too many runs. We'll just have all defense. And then with Carrasco pitching, he's like, well, I mean, Cookie might be good or he might be bad. So I'm going to make sure I get as many bats in the lineup as I can. And the reverse of everything that had to happen happened. And I didn't mind. Yeah, and today um, at least, uh, both have been hilarious outfields. One for potential, <laughs> and one for other potential. But yeah, <laughs> one thing that I think I think Mike Hattery was the first one I saw tweet about it was the fact that, um, especially like today when there was so many so many weird things on defense, like as soon as the Indians had a sizable lead, Tito basically just took everybody out. I don't know if that's quicker than he normally does, but it seemed like um, like Tito's positively reacting to the fact that there's a shortened season and it's a sprint. And everybody needs rest quicker, but. I mean, it was like the sixth inning, I think, where the first substitution started, and then it was just everybody was suddenly out, and Mike Freeman wasn't bad. Like, what? <laughs> but yeah, that was I think really it's neat weird, to see that huh? he's, yeah, yeah, it's but, weird, but I think it's good, and it shows that he's he's forward thinking about how to handle such a weird season. I didn't really even yeah. think about that, but I just because you know, I was by the end of the game, I was kind of half playing and half playing, half watching and half playing Doom Eternal. But I looked up and yeah, I'm like, why the hell is Mike Freeman batting? But, <laughs> Which yeah, one of these was, is in hell? Is it is it the baseball game or the Doom? Yeah, well, yeah, him, Christian Royal, Greg <laughs> Allen, Daniel Johnson, all of them were just in like like so quick. And, and granted, yeah. you know, you want to get uh, Johnson in for Santana like as soon as possible. If you get three hits out of Domingo Santana and you can just <laughs> get go out, get yeah. it, get him the hell out of there. We've been playing with fires. And, same thing with Reyes, right? You get a hit out of him, you yeah. get a you get a run scored, and then you just get him out and you you put Allen in there. So. Uh, it's it's definitely uh, kind of a, a, a two sides of what you're saying. I would think it's yes, you, you need to get guys off the field and get them back in the dugout and resting, um, while keeping your other guys honestly fresh and in the game. Like getting in that bat for Mike Freeman, I think is big not only for rest for someone like Cesar Hernandez, but he is going to need to play and he needs to at least be in the flow of the game in somewhere. Then you know and have some of that juice flowing. I don't know if it's helpful or not to only have him bat one time every two games, but still, I don't know. It was a, it's a very smart move. Um, and it's definitely another thing. I mean, the, the Royals were the same exact way. They just stink. So, um, so every Sunday we ask everybody on Twitter and Facebook for their questions for that. We can answer on the podcast this week. We got a lot of them were just angry about the extra innings rule because of when I asked it, <laughs> I asked on Sunday morning and everyone was still mad about that on Saturday. So we'll take a couple that weren't related to that because I think by the time this comes out, that'll be, less of an issue unless the Indians lose I guess it'll be out before Monday's game so um, it probably won't be big of an issue but we get to get a couple good ones our first one from at Clee Owlbears which of course is the future mm-hmm. name of the Cleveland Indians um, are you asking yourself questions is that what's going on <laughs> Owlbears is my burner account yeah he asked is it possible we'll have two or it's possible we'll have two great outfielders competing for one spot would it be too lackey to put Oscar and Bradley in right and left and give the center field less room to cover um, so he's basically talking about I think it's fun to imagine that you're putting like Fran Miller Domingo in center. And if you have, I, I would put instead of just to take this into the extreme, put Allen and Bradley on each side and then tell them just save Fran Mill Reyes's life in center field. Um, I, I think it's probably more difficult than just being fast. I'm sure there's something in center field, like seeing the ball. If you don't practice it at all, I'm sure it's going to be harder to track balls in center field. Um, but I like the idea of just putting two speedy guys on the outside and just having somebody who's lesser, in center field. I also think either Bradley Zimmer, Oscar Mercado are fine on either um, corner outfield. So if you get to the point where you want both of them out there, I don't think it's a big deal to put like Bradley in center or even Oscar in center and one of them in a corner. But again, this is go back to how many outfielders they have sans Jake Bowers now, but everybody else who's a potential, there's just so many different combinations. And I think we've seen a different outfield combination every game so far. So yeah, I'm sure no, we'll we have, yeah, a exactly. lot more. I mean, I think the idea would be yes to just, 
Which what is the smallest field in progressive? Probably left field, right? Yeah, I mean it has the wall and everything, but I mean that's I mean the idea what what I think yeah to to play I mean and they've been doing this for years now is you play double defense and then uh, one one big bat, but they just haven't had the big bat until this year, I don't think so. Um, yes, yeah, so thanks for the question and thanks for being the future name of the Indians. Now and again, <laughs> I really do like your idea though, sticking the bad hitter in the middle. Um, and just I was like trying playing to... them slightly closer to center field, just so they well, can cover them. While yeah. you were talking, I was trying to find that thing that's on um, Baseball Savant that shows not only outs above average, but based on like which direction you travel, right? Like it was showing oh, who. Nice. Like, I can't remember where. Like if they're faster one direction, they get a jump off. Yeah, like they get like they get like. Uh, I remember there was a thing that you could see about like Andrew McCutcheon. He was really good at coming in at balls, but bad at going back on them. Um, oh, same thing. Really yeah, you know, I, I wrote a couple articles about it last year. God, but baseball's avant so good. I know. Well, it's it's good, but also <laughs> its website is surprisingly hard to navigate somehow. It's so pretty, it is, but yeah. then also you're just like, oh, here it is, directional OAA. So I guess what you'd want to do would be go to this, go to the Indians one, and just kind of. And just squeeze any See, little value you can out. You of know, I mean, I mean, where? Yeah, like where Reyes is good at coming in on balls, but bad everywhere else. Mercado was good at going to the left. Uh, this is all from stuff from last year, so we don't have any information on Daniel Johnson or um, Bradley Zimmer that I know of. Oof. I mean, Bradley so, Zimmer I, I, just put that man everywhere. As long as he doesn't run Mach two into the wall, he's good. Well, he might. I, he's apparently go, good at going back and to the right. So you could put him in left. You could put Frenville Reyes in center, play him really deep. And then you could play Oscar <laughs> Mercado in right. And then, according to stats, you should have pretty good coverage of all of that. <laughs> I wonder, is, is being able to play the ball forward just easier? Like, is that a thing that a lot of bad outfielders are probably better at? I would, Because I would so, think you're just seeing the ball just, on running straight it's, ahead. It's <laughs> compared coming, to like, yeah, it's coming at yeah. you. So... Yeah, I would assume uh, like no matter what, any that's anybody's best is unless they're weird. I mean, friend uh, unless they're at, like he is elite at coming in on balls. He is a plus that man five can run straight like effort. nobody else. Let me tell <laughs> you. Hey, you want to see what a freight train looked like when we played baseball? There it is. He can do one thing: power forward. That's it. Um, yeah. Thanks for the question. Uh, we'll go to our next one from at LGT Andrew K. Who's actually um, one of our moderators on Let's Go Try. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, he used to write. This is, this is all nepotism it's and bullcrap. It's you asking <laughs> questions and someone else on the website. It's also my burner account. I planted questions just so I can you have great answers to all of them. Um, but he asked, "How many teams with a losing record will make the Mickey Mouse playoffs this year?" Um, which is also, I just wanted to get to be able to talk about because I think that was since the last show that the stupid thing. This is even worse than the second. Um, I think it's even worse than the second base rule. Is that? Everybody gets in the playoffs now. You're just in. Doesn't matter. Uh, it's 16 teams. That's more than half the league gets a playoff spot now. The first, the second and first place in each division, plus two wild card in each. Um, I was going to say conference, but each league, uh, everybody gets a playoff spot. So, man, that that's annoying. I, I guess again, sort of like maybe it. if you're doing it just this year. <laughs> shut up, Merritt. Um, <laughs> I'd be fine with it this year, but there's no way anybody's going to give up the money, and it's just going to be from now on. We're going to have a million players. I don't give spots. a shit about tradition, so it's I'm so fine bad. With it. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a losing team eventually. It's been close. I think um, um, you're going to get like the Red Sox at 29 and 31 getting a playoff spot. Well, let's see. Uh, in the American League, the teams that are almost definitely going to make it are what the Yankees. The Rays, the Twins, the Astros. Um, I mean, say the Indians eventually, Merritt. I'm getting to it. I've only have four. <laughs> They're definitely not one of the four best teams. 
Oh yeah, uh, that's why none of you uh, cowards picked him in our preseason picks. Uh, besides, uh, me and uh, I don't know. Listen, I picked the Athletics <laughs> to win the World Series. All right, so cram it. Oh, the A's will make it. That's right. Yeah, the A's will make it. Picked the A's for a little. I forgot about them. <laughs> um, and then we'll say the Indians, and then um, I don't know the the White Sox. I don't know. See that, that now it's getting a little bit weird. You're right. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Once you get past the top two in each division, <laughs> once you get past I don't know six or five, like it's been now, you get in the weird ones for some. Well, reason. no, I just Isn't I mean weird I'm how that works. It, well, and I'm, I'm just like, are the Angels going to make it? Yeah, probably. I'd say the Angels will make it with a winning record. Um. So yeah, that's six. I don't even know who's on the Red Sox anymore. They've traded away everybody. <laughs> Mookie I don't. I, nope, not I don't think there will be at least this year, and especially in the in, in the National League, because you're going to get like Braves, Nets, uh, Mets, uh, Brewers. I don't know, whatever. Two teams from the Central Division, uh, Dodgers. Oh shit! The West Division sucks ass. <laughs> oh no, they're so bad. Yeah, <laughs> the the NL is going to be a mess. It's going to be a bunch of people right in the fringe. Um, um, I think when we get to a full season and do this, I I, I don't know if it's going to encourage worse teams to trade more or if it's going to encourage teams that are like on the bubble to not bother because <laughs> they know like oh we just slip into an eight seed it's fine and then we'll see what happens in the playoffs i think it's going to be more that than like a team who's 11th and 12th trying to trade desperately and increasing the trade market i think it's going to be these teams that are on the bubble but in the bubble just saying i oh, will make it it's fine there's so many playoff spots that we cannot spend more money and we'll okay, get in so and just if, hope for the best if this had happened last year right the indians would have been in yeah the Indians would have been in, uh, and then the Red Sox would have gotten in at 84 and 78, and then the Rangers would have gotten in at 78 and 84. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. So there you go. It already would have happened. If it had, and then in the in the NL, um, you would have had everyone who got in plus the, uh, plus then the Diamondbacks, the Mets at 86 wins, and the Cubs at 84 wins. This is hot garbage, man. Uh, listen, I don't give a shit. All right, you know what? I like the idea. <laughs> I, I like this whole wild card round. I, I, I guess you're right. It, it, I don't know. Whatever. Like, <laughs> what, I'll tell you what. Once they once they stop playing only the winner of the NL and only the winner of the AL and in a straight up and down league like the Premier League, once they stop doing that, who cares? Like, I don't That's know. True. I, I always thought that the the way they do it now is like the perfect middle ground of rewarding winning your division and also not. I agree. It that down. is true because I think I, if they care about divisions, which this eliminates the value of divisions completely. Yeah, like this, no point the, the, this now immediately means that you should not have an un, unbalanced. Uh, what do you call it? this? Immediately schedule. schedule yeah, this just do basically what the like you know. Like, in, in basketball, like, I don't know, did anyone care that the Cavs would win the whatever the hell division? I don't even know what division they're in. I know what, <laughs> no, I know what, I know what division like the Heat are in. And that's the only division I know that I, that I can definitely tell you what every team is in. It's even that's weird. Really hockey. I can do it with the NFL and uh, baseball. I know every, oh, oh in, a, in a heartbeat, what division, but, like, but not hockey or, and it, wow. I, I don't even I know the names the of them. Well, that's the thing. I don't know the <laughs> names of the, like, even in hockey, it's like, because they have even weirder names. They have like the, they're all named after people now, uh, but like I'm because they don't even give a shit. They just change them. Who cares? I'm pretty sure there's a Southwest division in, in, in <laughs> basketball, but I, but yeah, it's just West I, and East, and that's top eight. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then in yeah, in football, I mean, you know, because it matters to win your division. Yeah, which uh, I think is good. It's good to have now. rivals. It's... But so I, I one thing I do like though is just that it's the, the whole the way they did valuing it is that all your games are at home. Like every all the yeah, all the top good. all the top seeds do have all their games at home, which I think is a neat wrinkle. Um, no, wait, that's only on the wild card, though, right? 
What's that? Is that only the wild card? Where that's only the wild card okay, round. Yeah. So 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 it's a three game series for everyone that everyone plays in, and everyone ha- and every all the, the the top four seeds in each division or in each league will have all their home games at home, which I think is a neat way to do it. It definitely you know brings some value, but it also at the same time reduces value to winning the division. It just means having the most wins, which obviously would lead to winning a division, and it it help it does yeah. help. I'll say this: it helps teams like the like the Rays who. Never will win the division. You know what I mean? Like they've, I think they've won the division once in their entire existence. Yeah, yeah. Because every time the the Yankees cycle down, the Red Sox are going to cycle up, and it's just well, yeah. And, the, and when the Yankees are bad, they still win eighty seven games. Like <laughs> sons of bitches. They 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 have bad seasons the way the Indians have okay seasons that we're we're happy about. Like it's bananas. So I don't know. I you're right. It's a it's a it's a strange decision to do the, the top sixteen. I, I get it this year because everything is so, there's so much more variability to this. Um, I feel like it, so, at least even it out a little more this year because th- there won't be shitty teams. Like I, I was, I was reading off, like I was reading off the what the, the what do you call it from last year? I'm not going to sit here and say that the uh, I don't know. I mean, the Rangers were an okay team. They weren't bad. Uh, they weren't great. They weren't bad though. Or like the um, like the Cubs were a good team last year. So were the Diamondbacks. They weren't fantastic, but they was eighty. I, I don't think you can look at like the Cubs lineup and say to yourself. This team stinks. They should deserve to be in the playoffs. They didn't make it, but you know they're not horrible. Same thing with the. I, I mean, I don't know. I, the, the Rangers weren't great, but you know <laughs> they weren't great. For, for some reason, they, unless they they had three starting pitchers last year, that's very strange. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a it's it's a thing. It'll, we'll see it this year and see if it goes on. Every everybody like around the league seems so excited. I, they're not gonna turn. Well, down all the money. people on the TV <laughs> and stuff have to carry water, and I'll be honest, yeah. like, I just. Whatever, you know, it, it might suck, but I, I'm firmly in the boat of just do weird fucked up shit the entire season, and we'll see where it goes from here. And if, if it sucks, then don't do it anymore, and I'm sure they'll figure that part out. But, like, I don't know. I think that if there was a game last year, and you had Lance Lynn and Mike Minor as the first two starters in a, in a, in a what do you call it, in a playoff series, in a three-game playoff series, there's a chance they could win that series against a team like the... 2019, they would have had the lowest seed and the highest seed would have been the Astros. Maybe they won't win that one, but still, like, it's not, well, maybe, maybe it would be a blowout. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not that one, yeah. But, but, again, that'd be, but again, hey, you know, that, that's a fun little series there because it's local, like, uh, rivalry. Yeah. Those guys don't suck as pitchers. <laughs> uh, they're not great, but, you know, I mean, it would, it would definitely make life harder on the, on the Astros, so that's fine with me. Yeah. Uh, so, Merritt, that's, uh, that's going to do it this week for us. We got Holy cow, we're in the middle of a baseball week, and there's going to be more coming up this week. We did it. We're here. (laughs) For now, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so I will talk to you next week. I'm going to eat more pizza, and I'll get back to you. Good luck. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) 